Welcome to Retirement Plans A to Z. I'm Sue Burnett with Monarch Financial Advisors, and this series focuses on qualified retirement plans. There are a lot of moving pieces with these plans, and the rules are complicated and complex, so we're going to break them down into smaller pieces, 26 pieces to be exact, from A to Z, with maybe a few extras thrown in just for good measure. episode S, and we're going to talk about the SECURE Act, the biggest piece of retirement legislation in over a decade. What is the SECURE Act, and how did it impact plan sponsors? How did it impact participants? And how did it impact normal people like you and me? And is it a good thing or not? So let's talk it through. The SECURE Act, short for Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement, is 125 pieces of legislation containing 30 provisions, most of which are designed to boost retirement savings. It was signed into law in December of 2019 as part of a bigger government spending package and had what some considered some long overdue reforms that could make saving for retirement a lot easier for you and me. We'll highlight the six key provisions, and I'll give my opinion as to the pros, cons, and reasoning behind it. I'll leave the final decision as to whether it's good or bad up to you. So first, let's talk about a few provisions that give people some more options. The first one pushes out the age that required minimum distributions start. So prior to the SECURE Act, if you turned 70 and a half in one year, you were required to take a distribution from your IRA or your 401k in the following year, whether you liked it or not. The SECURE Act pushed this age out to age 72 for anyone turning 70 and a half in 2020 or later. There's another provision that allows IRA contributions to be made after 70 and a half as long as you're still working. So this aligns these IRA rules a lot more closely with 401k and Roth IRA rules. The third one we'll touch on requires 401ks to provide an option at retirement to have their balance paid over their lifetime instead of just in one big lump sum. So for all three of these, what's my opinion? These are all good things because what this legislation is doing is relaxing some rules and giving people more options. So you don't have to take your IRA distribution at 70 and a half anymore. You certainly could if you wanted, but you don't have to until you're 72. You don't have to save to your IRA after you turn 70 and a half, but if you're still working, you could if you wanted to. And finally, you don't have to take your 401k balance and monthly payments over your lifetime. But again, if you're afraid of outliving your income and this would be a big help, then now this option is available to you. So I think these are all good moves. Here's our first fun fact. Did you know that in Turkey, you can collect full retirement benefits at age 45 if you're a man and at age 41 if you're a woman. You essentially need 25 years of service and then you're good. Their law is changing though, and by 2050, men will need to wait until age 62 and women will need to wait until 61. Still not as bad as Iceland and Norway where full benefits aren't paid until age 67. And you know, the US is moving that way too. So let's get back and talk about a few other provisions from the SECURE Act that impact the individual people. Long-term, part-time employees are now eligible to participate in their company's 401k. 
Prior to the SECURE Act's passage, if you worked less than 1,000 hours in a year, you were generally ineligible to participate in the company's 401k plan. Now, unless it's a union plan, employers maintaining a 401k have to allow employees into the plan that work 500 hours over three consecutive years. So this is great for part-time employees. Again, it offers the option to contribute if the employee wants to. It's not so great for businesses, especially if they have a lot of part-time workers, because that may increase their admin cost, and it also may include um, increase some of their contributions. But for the individuals, again, it's allowing more options, which I always think is a good idea. There's another provision that will allow you to withdraw up to $5,000 from your retirement plan upon the birth or adoption of a child. In addition, there's a 10% penalty tax that would normally apply if you take your money out prior to 59 and a half, but this is waived. So this one is 50-50 for me. It can be really helpful if you don't have enough money on hand for this great life event, but you still do have to pay income tax on the money that you withdraw. You don't have to pay that 10% penalty, no, but you do need to put it on your taxes as income. So I think you just need to be aware of that before you do that. The SECURE Act also made a few updates as to how 529 funds may be used. So prior to this act, 529 funds had to be used for secondary education costs only, and it was pretty restricted. But the SECURE Act allows 529 plans to be used to pay down student loan debt, up to $10,000, and it also may be used to pay for certain apprenticeship programs. So I like these provisions personally. Again, it's giving people more options with the money that they've saved, which in my opinion will increase savings. Another fun fact for you, apprenticeship programs are on the rise. In 2019, there was 86,000 people graduating from apprenticeship programs, but over 250,000 people were entering a program. There were also over 3,000 apprenticeship programs established in 2019 alone, over 100% growth from 10 years earlier. So being able to use 529 funds for these programs is, again, in my opinion, a great idea. The final part of the SECURE Act we'll talk about is the elimination of the stretch IRA. So what is a stretch IRA? I'm glad you asked. When someone dies, generally their 401k or IRA money goes to their spouse and can be paid over the spouse's lifetime. But if someone else inherits that money, the children, for example, or grandchildren, that person had the option to have the money stretched out over their lifetime. So let's give an example. If I had a $1 million IRA and my husband and I passed away, my two boys would each get $500,000. They're in their early 20s, so they could have that $500,000 stretched over almost 50 years because that's their expected lifetime, paying them maybe $10,000 a year over their life. They'd report that $10,000 as income every year and be taxed on it. So the SECURE Act eliminated these stretch IRAs. So for IRAs that are inherited from the original owners who pass away on or after January 1st, 2020, the law requires these balances to be withdrawn and taxed within 10 years. So there are some exceptions, but for the most part, this is the new rule. Let's go back to my example. So both of my boys inherit $500,000, but instead of taking $10,000 over 50 years, now they have to take it over just 10 years, $50,000 a year. 
which likely will push them up into a higher tax bracket. The government was very clear that this provision was a revenue raiser, and they defended the change by stating that IRAs and retirement funds should be used for a person's retirement, not as a legacy to their beneficiaries. Is this good or bad? Well, it's great for the government because it means more tax dollars. But if you want to leave an inheritance for your kids, it's bad for them because they'll pay higher taxes and their total inheritance will be less. Well, what are some options with this if you want to use those funds for a legacy, for an inheritance? Well, you can do nothing and have exactly what you have now. Pre-tax dollars, required distributions at age 72, advisor fees, market risk, depending on what you're invested in. And if you pass away and your spouse passes away, your kids will pay the taxes, but they are still getting something. So let's let them worry about it. But if you want to do something, if you want to either reduce or eliminate the taxes to your children, you can convert your IRA to a Roth and pay taxes on it yourself. So this helps out your kids tax-wise and it gets rid of the age 72 required distributions because Roths don't have that. But there would still be investor fees and market risk. Another option is to use your IRA dollars to buy life insurance. So life insurance is a nice, safe investment and the death benefit would likely be more than the IRA balance that you're giving to them, which means more of a legacy. Also, if your will is set up the right way to put that death benefit into a trust, your death benefit proceeds can be used to be paid out over a lifetime. Similar to that old stretch IRA, because this isn't subject to the new 10-year thing. So if your focus is on a legacy, this might be a good option for you. You can't buy the insurance within an IRA, but you could buy it within a 401k if the 401k is structured the right way. So this means pre-tax premiums and an untaxed death benefit for your heirs. We have something that might be able to help you out. We call it our legacy strategy. Give me a shout if you wanna hear more about this one. Our final fun fact, elimination of the stretch IRA is expected to increase IRX tax revenues by $16 billion with a B. Revenue raiser indeed. So wrapping it all up, the SECURE Act was one of the biggest pieces of retirement legislation in over a decade, providing some additional options in some cases and eliminating some key options in others. Is it good or bad? Well, it depends on what your situation is and where you are in your road to retirement. For better or for worse, things are certainly different. If you want to chat about how this may have impacted you and your retirement savings, let me know. I'm more than happy to help. Want to hear more? Tune into the other A to Z podcasts where we continue to break down these wonderful and complex plans into bite-sized pieces. Remember, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Have any questions? Shoot me an email at monarchfinancialadvisors at gmail.com. Thanks for listening in and have a great rest of your day.